Romans 8, 28, and y'all could probably quote it with me. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, we just ask you to just touch our hearts, lift us up, encourage us tonight. Lord, uh, uh, just speak to hearts. I cannot speak to heart, but you can. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. Help us to be more mindful and thankful for the things that you've done for us and what you are doing for us. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Many Christians have found comfort in that verse right there. We don't know what to say. You don't know what to tell someone that's facing a difficult time in life. And they read this verse. Because we really don't have a lot of answers for a lot of things, a lot of questions. You just have to say, God knows. And this verse was brought some comforts to people in their lives uh, that were going through difficult times, that were facing times of death and, and sickness and, and, and been told there's no help for you. But it's also been misapplied to many people it's been read to people that does not pertain to, does not even list to them. They are trying to find comfort, but they don't have it. They're trying to claim a verse that is not for them. But if you're here and saved by the grace of God, this verse is your verse. I, I encourage you to take this verse and try to make it your life verse, one of your life verse, because it really helps us in a time of need. I want you to see the confidence that Paul had. You know, Paul had some difficulty, had some confidence in the Word of God. He said, and we know. He's not thinking about it. I'm not hoping for this. There's no question about it. He said in 2 Timothy, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. He said, I know whom I have. I know who I believe. Paul knew something. He said in verse 38 right here in chapter 8, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He, he said, I am saved and I'm secured in Jesus Christ. He said, know these things. You can be, have confidence in the Bible that you hold in your lap tonight. Paul had confidence in it. We see the collaboration. He said, for we know all things work together for good. All of us know that I am a picky eater. I'm a real picky eater. There, there are just some things I like to eat, and there are just some things don't even try. 
When I was down in Florida, this lady, she made some of the best mashed potatoes ever put in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, man, every time she make us, she make a big pot, and I would run to bust to the front of the line just so I can get a good scoop of mashed potatoes. And one day I got caught up in the church, and I couldn't get to the fellowship hall to get some. When I got there, they were scraping the pot, and I went, oh, no, I want some potatoes. She says, let me just tell you how I make my mashed potatoes. To me, mashed potatoes, boil the potatoes, put some butter in it, and mash away. She got to telling me everything she put into that. And then she got to sour cream. <laughs> now, if you make it with sour cream, do not tell me. Don't tell me. That just, huh? I focus in on that one thing. But the scripture said he takes all those things. Uh, he takes that potatoes. He takes the butter. He takes the salt. And he takes that, uh, that, uh, that sour cream. And he brings them all together. Same way. How many people like buttermilk? It don't taste my... Don't, mm -mm, uh -uh, uh -uh. We'll pray for y'all to get saved. That stuff is nasty. I love cornbread. They're, that good brown solid cornbread, slice that boy up, put a hunk of butter in there and sit down. I love that. But I cannot stand buttermilk. Don't like it. Can't stand it. But I understand that that has to be part of the ingredients of the cornbread to make the cornbread I like. I understand you can put sweet milk in that. I ain't never had nothing like that. It's always been buttermilk. Every time I want cornbread, my wife says, go get some buttermilk. I get a small one so it don't stay in the house too long. But we see all, all things, everything, God takes a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and he works it all together for the good. People have done that in their lives. They have taken one thing in their life Instead, that is awful. That's messed up. But God doesn't see it the same way we look at it. See, we focus in on the one thing that's messed up, the one thing that's driving us crazy. We focus in on that. And, and God says, you got other things over here that when I add it to that right there, then it becomes a good thing. You got, you got to realize that you got to go through some trials and, and some heartaches and some pain and some suffering in order to get the good things of God to come into your life. God's going to work it out for your good and His glory. Amen. We see the criteria. He said all things work together for good for them that come to church every now and then. All things work together for good for them that just say they are Christians. No, he said all things work together for good to them that love God. To them that love God. That, that's where this verse gets misapplied. 
It, 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 people try to take this verse and take it to somebody that don't love God, that don't go to church, don't know a thing about God, and say, God said, all things work together for your good, and God's going to work it out for you. If you're not a child of God, God's not going to work it out for you. God says, you want me to work things out for you, then you've got to come and submit yourself to me, then I'll work those things out to you. So we try to use the verse to help somebody that's going through some pains. But we misapply it. Paul told the Corinthians, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be an athenaea, mananea. It didn't say a man that doesn't go to church. It didn't say a man that doesn't carry the Bible. It doesn't say the man that doesn't pray anything. He said, a man that does not love God in his return is going to be cursed in his life. He's going to take all those things and they're going to be for your good. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it that things are working out for my good. Sometimes I think, oh, Lord, When's the good coming? Because I've got enough of the bad. But sometimes God's got to say, you know what? There's got to be some things added to your life in order to get to that good part that you need. And we see the calling to them that are called. It's like you could be sick and you go to the waiting room. You're sitting at the waiting room there and somebody sticks their head through one door and calls your name and takes you back and puts you in another little bitty room. See, you've been called from that room to this room. You're, you're one step closer. You're one step closer to what they're going to do. The doctor's going, you're closer to the doctor than when you was on that room, and now you've been called out and put into another room. Bible says man loves darkness than light. Do not come to the light because their deeds are evil. We all need help. We all have had addictions in our life. I'm an addicted person. I love things when I get onto them, I just can't get off of it. I love butter pecan ice cream. I'm a diabetic. Shouldn't have it. I'm addicted to it. There's other people addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs. You can be you clean now, but you're still an addict. It don't take but one to get you back. Don't take but one tote to put you down the road. So we all we all need help. We all have addictions. The first Peter said. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And we ought to show forth the praises of him who have called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank God you got out of the waiting room. You got out of the waiting room. 
God called you out. God called you out for a purpose. God called you for something. God has called you out. You say, well, I, I don't know why because I've still got this going on. I've still got this problem. I still have this heartache. I still got all these things going on in my life. I don't understand how can all that be good in my life. Let me give you some stories out of the Bible that might help you. The Bible tells us we have a man that's a short of statue. His name was Zacchaeus. He was wanting to see Jesus. He heard about Jesus and he was wanting to see Jesus, but he couldn't see Jesus. He was short. He was right there. Now, if you'd have been six foot five, he would have had no problem seeing Jesus coming down the road. And they say, well, he could have said, hey, yeah, that looks just like a Jew, looks like all the other Jews. I'll go on about my way. But he couldn't because he, the Bible said that because of the pressed, he could not get to it. So what Zacchaeus does, he says, I'm going to run up ahead. I'm going to climb this tree and I'm going to get out on this limb and I'm going to get a look at him. He said, well, what's that got to do with? Well, you know what? Zacchaeus had a problem. His height was a problem. He had to deal something, or do something with it. And he done. And, and we know that Jesus said, hey, come on down. I'm, I'm going to go to your house today. And he got right and everything. And his house got right because of his problem. Because what was going on in his life? Because of his height. And he had to climb this tree. It, it got him closer to God than he'll ever been if he was able to stand up and see Jesus over the crowd. Because of his statue, and he had to climb that tree, he saw Jesus, and Jesus knew exactly what he needed. So don't let your problem, don't let your problem think, well, I've got my problem here, and I, I can't get to it, and I can't, I can't get around it. But I'm telling you this, a lot of times it's our problems in life that gets us closer to God. Zacchaeus had a height problem. And the Bible also said there was a woman who had an issue of blood. She had a health problem. She had spent all that she had on all these doctors trying to get right, trying to get healed, and, and, and she couldn't do it. Uh, she was about ready to give up. Uh, I, I can't face it no more. She's been 12 years she's had this issue, and, and she's just, I've, I've wasted everything. I might as well die. I, I imagine somebody said, you know what? I heard about this man. I heard this man was going around town. He's touching people. He's healing people. And, and, and you, maybe you could get to him. What happened to her? She said, well, I've, I've got nothing to lose. I've done spent everything I've got. I've done give up everything i got. I've got nothing to lose, so I'm going to go see Jesus. What happened to her? The press. <laughs> she could have said, you know what? I'm through. I'm not going to go there. I, I ain't going to do that. But I'm so glad that she didn't quit because of her health issue. Bible says she said if I could just touch the hem of his garment. 
if I, if, listen to me. That, that, right, that, that statement right there ought to hit you in the head real hard. She had enough faith in Jesus that she heard about, never seen, to say, if I can just touch the hem, the hem of his garment. I'm not talking about him laying hands on me and, and, and spitting in mud and putting my eyes and causing me to see again. I'm not talking about him laying hands. I'm not talking about him speaking words. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. And what happened? As soon as she, I, my mind, I, I kind of think maybe that as soon as she touched it, it was a spark. That's why I think it would be good to know. I don't know if it happened that way or not, but I, to me, that's thing like, because Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? Peter said, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody around you is touching you. Can, can I say this? If everybody was around touching him, why wouldn't they get what she got? Why didn't they get what she got? They just want to see him to do something. All they want to do is see him do, do some great work, do a great miracle. This woman needed a miracle in her life. She needed something in her life. And she just touched that him. And was healed. Was healed. See, Zacchaeus had a problem with his height. He couldn't see over the crowd. She had a problem with her health. She couldn't get to him, but she made a way. And I say this, no matter what you're going through, it may look like you can't get through it. You're, you're fighting hell and everything else is coming against you. And you say, I don't know if I'm going to make, just keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't give up. Just keep going. And you just might reach out one time and touch him. And when you do, you're going to be healed of all the things. And then all these things come together for the good of them that love God. These things, these hurts, these pains, these suffering, all these things that's going on in your life, somehow God will come around and pull them all together and touch you. Zacchaeus had a problem with his height. She had a problem with her health. There's another man in Mark 5. Had a problem with his head. He dwelt among the tombs. He's crying and wailing and cutting himself. They tried to bind him up and he, they couldn't bind him up. I thought about that. Bible said they tried to feather him and chain him. Somebody tried to help him. Somebody tried to help him. I, I, maybe we ought to start looking around us and seeing where God's putting somebody in our life and our pathway that's looking for help, that needs help, and, and God says, here's somebody that you need to help. See, the problem is, we'll cross the street in order to avoid somebody that's needing help. 
They, they don't look the way we look. They don't talk the way we look. We don't smell the way we look. So I, I'm not going to reach out and touch them. I'm telling you what, if you would have been the same way with Jesus, he would have said you were nothing but a sturdy, stinky, righty sinner altogether. And Jesus still came to you. And he said, hey, somebody reached out to help him. Why can't we start reaching out and helping people that are in need? Amen. But every time they bind him up, he busted them. He had a problem with his head. His mind was messed up, full of devils. That's the same way we were before we got saved. Our mind was messed up. We was full of the devil. The Bible says the father, the devil was our father. I know there's some people who look at me today and say, you're not the same you used to be. Thank God I'm not. I, I used to crawl through the ditches. I used to roll on the floors. I, I, I was full of the devil. Sin sick. On my way to hell. But thank God I, I got rid of that head problem. Thank God I got to an altar and said, Lord, I, I need help. Uh, God, I, I need something in my life. He had tried his best. They had tried. But then he met Jesus. Jesus said, if you continue my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And if you shall know the truth, and the truth shall, now don't miss this, don't miss this, please don't miss this. What would the truth was to do? We say the truth will set you free. Wrong. Isn't <laughs> that what the Bible says? Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. But when he said he, he said, uh, he said uh, uh, the truth shall make you free. Now there is a difference being set free and made free. Amen. You could be in the prison, locked behind the walls of the prison, cell door shut, and somebody can give me the keys and I can come by and unlock that door and set you free. And you can go out and do what you're doing to get back right back where there. You can go out and rob a bank and come right back in there. And I can go over and open that door again and just set you free. And you can run out and, and rob another bank and they're going to put you right back in there. But with somebody who's been made free is when they open that door up. And they don't go back to doing what they used to do. They're not going back to the bar rooms. They're not going back to the ditches. They're not running the roads. They're not running out in the world and doing the things like that. The next thing, in fact, the, the, uh, the maniac, they said, what did they found? They found him in his right mind, fully clothed, sitting at Jesus' feet. You know somebody that's been made free? You'll find them sitting in the house of God, praising God, worshiping God, singing the praises of God. That's somebody that's been made free. Amen. And I'm so glad that he made me free. Acts chapter 3. A lame man was laying at the gate called Beautiful. 
He's asking for arms. And Peter and John come by, and they see him, and their eyes fixed on him, and he, he had that hand out. <laughs> Give me some money. <laughs> I want some money. Arms, 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 almonds. <laughs> the eyes fixed on Peter. Peter says, silver and gold I have none. But such I got, I give to thee. Rise up and walk. Now what did he say? Rise up and walk. Now that man has been there at that gate for many years. He could have got up and said, I'm going to my family's house. I haven't seen them in a long time. I'm going to my family house. I'm going to do. I'm just going to go out and I'm just going to run up and down the roads, let everybody know I am good to go. Where do they find him at? In the temple. In the temple. <laughs> Praising God, Amen. worshiping God. Hey, when I'm telling you, when God has set you free, when God has made you free, you're going to be in the house of God, worshiping yeah. God, praising God, and give Him the glory. Amen. Don't let your problem keep you from getting to Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you again, I'll tell you again and again, your problem is going to drive you to closer to Jesus than you'll ever will before. You can be sitting here and say, I don't have no problems. I don't got no heartaches. I don't got nothing going wrong in my life. I'd love to have your life because I'm telling you, that's not my life. I've got problems. I've got issues. And they, what they do, they bring me closer to Jesus. Tell you another one. I'll get started. I'll, I'll get started in a minute. <laughs> Thief on the cross. He had a problem with his hands. Stole everything he could get his hands on. He on the cross beside Jesus. Both of them. <laughs> you, Jesus, get off of me. If you're the king of the Jews, get off here. Then that one said, hey, we did our deeds We've got our just desert. We got what we did. He done nothing. I love the conversation between him and them. <laughs> Remember me when y'all come into thy kingdom. Remember me. I, I, I was a thief. I stole things. I'm not. I'm where I'm supposed to be. You haven't done nothing. You're sinless, and you should not be here. Remember me. Remember me. And Jesus says, well, you know what? I'll think about it. Get back with me tomorrow. See how it goes. No. Today. Can you? I mean, my mind goes crazy, but I imagine that Jesus is in the center here and he says, today you'll be with me in prayer. My, I'm telling you, I haven't died yet, but... Woo, death, come quickly. <laughs> come quickly. I'm going to be in paradise. It takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of faith to trust Jesus in your problems and your circumstances where you just only see the circumstance in your problems. You got to step beyond your problems. The Lord, remember me. I'm a thief. I'm a sinner. I deserve what I get. But you're not. So remember me. 
Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now, here again I go to thinking this way. The other thief on the other side. Here's this conversation going on. And he still can't get the picture. He's still not getting it. He's still not understanding. That's who, this is where a lot of Christians sitting in the churches at today. They sit in church. They hear the word. They, they know what's going on. They know who Jesus is. They know he's a sinless man. They know he's the son of God. But they just not getting it. They're not like the one on this side said, hey, remember me, forgive me. And Jesus is the day you'll be with me in paradise. And this guy over here is still like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Boy, when he closed his eyes in death, he believed it. He closed his eyes in death, he believed it. He was there because he was a thief. Jesus said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. There's a man at the pool of Bethesda. And every season the angels would come down and stir the water, and whomever got in first was healed of their infirmities. Boy, I wish that water was here. I wish I could find that pool. There was a man laying there, and everybody jump over him. Everybody move in first, and he couldn't get there. And Jesus comes by and sees him and says, Will thou be made whole? Well, I ain't got nobody to help me. Well, that's not what Jesus asked him. <laughs> Jesus said, Will thou be made whole? Jesus didn't ask him, Will you got anybody to help you? He didn't ask him what you were going to have for lunch tonight. Jesus said, Will thou be made whole? That was the question. His answer is like us. Well, I, I really don't know. I'll wait till somebody else come back. He didn't have nobody to help him in. He, he says, nobody's going to help me get in. Nobody wants to see me get right. Nobody wants to see me get cleaned up. Nobody's helping me. Will thou be made whole? See, Jesus is asking the same thing today for people today. Amen. Will thou be made whole? We do the same thing like that man says, well, ain't nobody going to help me. Ain't nobody helping me in. Ain't nobody bringing me to church. Ain't nobody inviting me to church. Jesus says the same thing. Take up that bed. Rise. And the command was walk. Walk. Here again, this man could have went home. Visit with his family. Where did they find him at? In the temple. Praising God. Worshiping God. Let me tell you, can, I, can I say this? I'm not even going to preach the message tonight. It, it, if you got problems in your life, they should drive you closer to Jesus. Because every one of those situations, they drove them closer to Jesus. The only reason why you're not getting healed of your situation, the only reason why you're not getting help from your situation is because you're not letting it drive you toward Jesus. You're letting it drive you away from Jesus. I've heard so many people say, well, I've been sick like this, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I'm still sick. I just ain't going back to church. 
Well, maybe if your heart was right with God when you started praying, you might have been healed by now. We look for God to just give us too much right off hand. We either, I want Christians, I want this, I want that. Maybe I'll just stop thinking, praise him because who he is. If he never touches another person and heals another person, he's done all he needed to do for you and I, and that will save our souls from going to hell. Amen. That's enough right there to praise him all night long with. I ain't going to hell. Amen. I'm not like some of these preachers say, well, I can't go to hell if I want to. Sure, I can't. If I reject Christ and what he's done at the cross of Calvary, if I don't continue to walk with him day in, day out, I, I can go to hell. But I'm choosing not to. I'm choosing not to. I may stumble and fall. I may make mistakes. But I'm not going to let them run away. I'm going to still serve God. I'm going to still praise God. No matter what the world throws at you, no matter what problem comes your way, no matter what difficulty comes your way, nevertheless, I am going to serve God. And Jesus asked the same question, will thou be made whole? Will thou be made whole? He's asking us today. How close do you want to get to God? How close do you really want to get to him? I mean, we, we come to church, we come to church, we come to church, we come to church, and we, we sing, and we praise, and we do all this stuff. How close do you really want to get to God? I mean, do you really want to get all of him that you can get of him? Can I tell you this? You can. You can. But you've got to make the step towards him because he ain't moving. Got to make a step towards him. Let us stand.